0: there listeners and a happy new year to everyone after six months we have collectively returned with a very special episode of fewer cast our film effect weekly entertainment recap podcast providing you the weekly dose of full effect entertainment news brought to you of course by our film effect point of views i'm ed
1: i'm jocelyn
2: and i'm andrew i'm justin
3: and i'm Corey.
0: and not only is this episode a wrap-up of 2023 in both film and the podcast but if you've been keeping score at home... Then you'll know that this is also... Fearcast 50... That's right, our 50th episode... In the formerly episodic weekly wrap-up show... It's uh, been such a good time... And also such a privilege... To be able to co-host this show with everyone... But let's not pretend this show's been on a hiatus either... Simply put... I, I got burnt out for the first time... Since becoming a podcaster... It became a lot... Juggling this show with the main show... On top of being a single father. And then we kicked around the idea of Jocelyn and Coy taking over the show as a bi-weekly podcast. But now I feel that it's an appropriate time with it being the top of the show. To provide an update for those who like the Fewer Cast. And enjoy returning each and every Friday to hear our banter. So here's your official update. I've missed doing this show. And I've missed shooting this shit about all things film and beyond with everybody. So I'm here, right here, right now. To let you all know that Fewer Cast is returning with a weekly episode beginning either next week or the following. I have really missed this, and I'm excited for what the future brings. I know Jocelyn's been co-hosting more and more over on the main show, so she'll probably keep at it, and eventually the game plan is for her to take over on this show. But in the meantime, I'm personally excited to have Jocelyn on for more episodes coming up as my co-host. Both our Nightmare Before Christmas and Drive episodes were a ton of fun. It's exciting times entering 2024. So now that I got all that out of the way... Let's assemble the crew and bring everybody on together. Gang, how are we doing? Good
2: morning, everybody. I'm Chuck Woolery. Let's get
0: first. How was Christmas?
2: Christmas was good. You know, enjoyed it with the family and, you know, you, obviously. I was going to say, I was there. Yeah. You are woke a family. Up with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> woke up with the kids I live with and my best friend and fiance. So, you know, had fun watching them open gifts and then did the family thing for the rest of the day. A lot of traversing for sure.
0: Oh yeah, a lot of traveling going on for sure on Christmas. Every Christmas, yeah. I just woke up early myself. Um, typical. It, I'm 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 with that an alarm. I'm usually up between four thirty and five every day. It's just natural with me because of my job. So Christmas morning was no different and it was supposed to clear up i looked at the weather and we were actually supposed to see a sunrise potentially so i went out to go check out the sunrise at lock raven at the reservoir like i normally do and it was cloudy as shit but then on the way back home after the sun finally came out like it was starting to peak and i was like damn if i would have stayed there i would have got some pretty good pictures but all in all it was still a good morning i came home and Enjoyed the you know the the morning with the family. Of course, Andrew came over, and then uh, we started our travels. Went to a lot of places. Saw our brother. Went to aunt and uncles. Saw a lot of people there. It's a good time. Christmas is always a feel good day. It's not about me anymore. It's about the kids. So of course my my daughter got spoiled, as that I'm sure all of our children collectively. Mm-hmm. So. Corey, how was your Christmas?
3: Yeah, it was good. Uh, you know, like you said, it's about uh, it's about my son now. He's at the fun age of five where, you know, like he's into Santa and everything still. And just just the joy in his face, like when he's opening stuff, you know, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's interesting, too, because his birthday is in the middle of November. So like all the stuff he had been asking for previously, he got for his birthday so it was like, really, really, we just kind of got him whatever. and So it was like a total surprise for him. There wasn't really too much he asked for. So it was kind of neat watching him open stuff. And then, uh, you know, we always have family dinner uh, with my family, usually on Christmas. So, yeah, it was cool to have my son, uh, my wife over. So, yeah, it was a good time. all so family uh, being together, the kid, two kids playing, my uh, son and my niece. So, yeah, good times overall. Really nice Christmas.
0: Yeah, I can relate. My daughter's birthday is December 3rd. So having that birthday like right before Christmas is a huge pain in the ass. Yeah.
3: Yeah, cuz I don't want him to get gypped. So, like I don't, you know, I I right. I had I had a friend that was um had a December birthday and it's like I don't you know, I don't want my son to get gypped just because his birthday's somewhat close to Christmas. So, you know, we try to make an effort to right. make sure he gets the same amount of stuff either way.
0: Mhm. Justin.
4: Yeah, mine was nice. Um we don't you know there's not much let not much is left in my family so there's not really any traveling um my mother-in-law and brother-in-law come over on christmas day we go over their house on christmas eve they only live about 10 minutes away from us so we'll go over their house on christmas eve and then they come over our house on christmas day and my sister and my nephew come over and that's about it um so right no travel at this point um but yeah i mean it's same same for me it's about my kids and my two older ones are they're at that point now where the magic of Christmas is kind of, you know, it's, that's all gone at this point. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, my daughter being 16th, it's, it's just like, right. where are the gifts, you know? <laughs> right. Where's the stuff yeah. I asked you to get me?
4: Yeah, that well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, and like my wife and I are both, we were both like, you know, what do you guys want? Is there something particular? And neither one of them really had like any major thing on their list. So there that's wasn't anything was. big this year, you know? Um, and my youngest, he still is, is hanging on to all that stuff the Santa Claus and that's the good. elf on the shelf and all that. So that's good. Um, yeah. It's those days. Yeah. That was a good thing. This might be the last year that we get that. Yeah. And with my older two, it's how, like, how old is he? He's 10. Okay.
0: So probably with, this is the last year most yeah. likely
1: yeah it's the with, same with me
4: <laughs> with my older two like when one of the you know my oldest son got out of it it's like okay well my daughter is still into it and my youngest was real young at that point so i was like okay you know my, my daughter's still into it and then she got out of it and it's like all right well my youngest is still into it but now like when he's out of it that's it like there's no more of that for me um yeah so I gotta enjoy it while i can
0: yeah, definitely. Jocelyn, how was your Christmas?
1: That was fun. Um, it was definitely like the more low key Christmas I think that we've ever had. We had a couple family members over Saturday, but uh, we didn't really do much Christmas Eve. And then Christmas Day, we started a new tradition and we went to Kobe uh yes, steakhouse yeah and the kids oh my god they love that
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it
1: was kind of well and my son got a red Kobe's rider just
2: so fucking good
1: too it is it is it's expensive and my son got a red rider BB gun so it did really feel like a, a christmas story christmas for us this year <laughs> Wait,
0: was the duck's head smiling at you uh,
1: no thank thankfully no but um my <laughs> follow christmas paid... story
4: christmas is the second one right the... Yeah, that's a good sequel. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that sequel. <laughs> that was surprisingly really good. And, and you guys reference it. I'm sorry, Jocelyn. No, you you're on. Fine. Real quick, while we're on the topic of a Christmas story, you guys bring it up. This is the first year, probably ever, since a Christmas story came out. That I didn't watch one second of it this year. We watched I, it I once. usually, Me I usually I was turn was it on. I was about
0: that yesterday. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, I didn't watch Christmas Story. Yeah. I just bought it last month. It was on sale. I, I didn't get the 4K when it came out last year, so I finally got it this year, and it's still sitting in the cellophane. I have yet to open it up. I'm like, shit, I missed out on that movie altogether. Yeah. Granted, though, I watched a hell of a lot of Christmas movies. Um, I Just for whatever reason, just didn't get to that one because I was doing kind of like a 12 nights of Christmas different Christmas movie every night before mm. leading up to Christmas and all but I, I don't know I just didn't get it, that didn't even make that list so strange
2: I actually watched it a couple days before Christmas oh, I mean it's still
0: technically the Christmas season you can still get away with watching it now I feel like from Christmas to New Year's it's like the holiday. It's like that you're in like the thick of the holiday season. Like right now is what it all leads up to, and it's still kind of the season. Yeah, my
1: Christmas tree I, doesn't I still, come down until after Christmas. So yeah, or after I New mean after New season, Year's.
0: But for me, like I still kind of like watch some Christmas movies here and there throughout the uh, this this week in particular. But yeah. after New Year's, I'm done. You know, it's now all eyes are on spring or whatever Winter. holiday season's over enough <laughs> to look forward to like
3: I, I just want to throw in i didn't watch a christmas story but i did watch another uh beloved classic and that's a uh, jingle all the way uh god i love that movie <laughs> i love arnie
4: oh i can't we gotta do I an episode that on that we gotta do
3: an episode we do on that, we do, we do. <laughs> it it is so put the cookie it, down it is so bad like <laughs> all the store clerks in the movie are terrible. Arnold's terrible. Like everybody in that movie is terrible. So Phil. Oh Hartman's no no no, awesome. no no no.
0: Phil Hartman is great. You bite your no, tongue. I, I'm saying Phil it's terrible. Hartman the characters, is great. In no, that the movie. characters
3: are terrible. Like I'm saying oh, terrible oh, oh, things yeah, in the yeah. movie. I'm not saying the acting is bad or anything. The char- like the <laughs> characters themselves. Everybody in that movie is horrible. <laughs> like when you watch it. <laughs> yeah. From a modern lens, like <laughs> it's pretty hilarious.
2: I haven't seen it in a while, but it's just funny to think in the modern day all he would have had to have done is go to Amazon and hit the ship button.
0: <laughs> I mean, now it's... What, what is it, like, Jim Belushi shows up, like, hustling. Yeah. And, and, yeah. As a, as a, as a, and Big Show. Like a Secret big Santa. Show
3: Santa. Yeah.
0: yeah, Paul White. That's great. Yeah, I watched a lot of horror Christmas movies this year myself, but all together, you know, it was a good. I backed up a lot of uh, films on my letterbox. Let's just say that. So... All right, guys. Well, the reason that we're here for this episode, primarily, yes, it's it's episode fifty, but it's also the end of the year. So, with that said, we are doing our annual top ten favorite films of twenty twenty three list.
4: Talk to me. Let's race. This is the part where you run.
0: If you're unable to endure them
1: is not for you. So what do you think?
4: Uh, there is no ash there.
1: Are you a prima donna?
2: No, but for am ash out of a car at 200
3: kilometers an hour.
1: Where did you much weeping and sweary when you discovered my whoring? If they find you, here the table will kill my father. Me. Everyone, because you both them And I know you're probably asking why would I trust her? Well, that's a good question. The answer is... We used to be in love. Yeah, she was my girlfriend, only she doesn't remember it. Because it wasn't her. Because her dad threw off a magic cliff and she died, and then I lost temper and nearly destroyed half the universe. I'm serious. I break into your home. Middle of the night with a silenced pistol. And you have no idea where I might be here.
3: The actual mechanics of detonation. Any ideas? I call this shooting. Fire a chunk of fissional material into a larger sphere with enough force to achieve criticality. Oh.
4: It is your body, Bella Baxter. You will give it freely.
3: I generally charge thirty francs. Well,
4: that seems low.
1: Jump? Yeah. I mean, you... Benji doesn't work like that. I'm not that
3: high. There's there's ledges sticking out everywhere. I'm gonna hit them before the parachute even opens.
4: Oh, I was a... Uh... Sent down from Washington, DC to see about these murders. Hmm. let me see. See what about? Him? See who's doing it. I don't know if you've been thinking about your future, but you should think about wrestling. Now I wouldn't wish wrestling on any of you. Yet. I only wrestled to
1: provide for y'all. And I always hoped you boys would choose another profession.
4: Mommy's like the maggots, man. Megan, turn off. Are you sure? It's too simple. The front is the front, the back is the back. You have to make it look like it done himself. just looks like murder. It's not supposed to be that way. Back on, Megan. Good.
0: I know what you're thinking. (laughs) Yes. Carpet matches the drapes. Thank you.
2: I can't believe I'm going to race the great Dominic Toretto.
4: Am I dead? No, no. You've been healing
1: so quickly. And no organs were hit. You're, You're bleeding really mild.
4: Get back.
0: If I wasn't severely injured, I would beat you off right now, Ken. Let's let's shake it up. Let's do each person just do their ten through one individually. Um, let's let's just let's just give that a go. Um, that gives everyone their own time on the mic to talk about their list in particular. It's not broken out. It's all right there in front of you. Um, and I, I I can't think of a better person to kick this thing off with than my dear brother (laughs) who i'm sure has only seen like one or two no you've seen more than that because i watched two myself andrew's top five or
3: three
0: andrew i was
2: gonna say (laughs) i'm gonna give a top five what
0: is your top (laughs) list it is a top five list okay everyone else is top 10 but my brother is special so he gets a top five without further ado what is your top five list Seen three yours. movies this
2: year.
0: I'm sorry, what?
2: I've seen three movies this year. That
0: doesn't matter. Never mind. You do you. No, 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 no.
2: no. But I should have seen four. I didn't see Oppenheimer in, in theaters, but I'll get into that in a second. So, here's here's my top five. Uh, hold on one sec. I literally just had this fucking pulled up. Too. I had a good one. All right. So number five, I've actually seen four films this year. My number five film is a Dummies. film that I do not recommend to anybody because it's fucking horrible. And that is Ant-Man, Quantumanium. Holy shit. That movie's bad. Everything, like, the acting, bad. Is your number The CGI is bad.
1: He Ant-Man. doesn't have much to go with.
0: <laughs> I know. Slim Pickens over here. I, it's really I know. Bad, I'm still
3: made my top five.
2: No. <laughs> I mean, it, no. It, it's, it's my number five, but I'm not recommending it to people it's my god it's a bad film like I'll I'll never forget sitting back and watching it. I'm like the CGI is bad um, the the green screen is bad the acting is bad like the, it it's weird because I love the first two Ant-Man films but the third one is just abysmal like it's it's, it's
0: a lot of people were saying that fans of the first it's two un, films just, it's uncalled
2: for how bad it is <laughs> so we well, ain't gotta that worry
0: about Kang anymore
2: yeah, well, I'm gonna put. Well, Kang was honestly probably the best part about it, but that's another story for another day. Um, but that's my number five, and I don't recommend you see it because it's real bad. Uh, my number four would have been Oppenheimer if I had seen it. I know that it's a damn good film. I just haven't seen I'm it sorry.
0: yet. You just know um, it is.
2: I'm I'm very I'm very familiar with Robert J Oppenheimer and World War II, the whole Manhattan Project, everything. So I can envision it in my head. I just never saw the film, unfortunately. And it's Christopher Nolan, so I can't imagine it being anything less than fantastic. Okay. Um, my number three film, <laughs> it's it's real bad because I don't remember the name of it. But it's Leo, right? I think the movie's called Leo. Yeah, it's called Leo. Yeah, that I actually had a fun time watching that film with the kids. Um, it's it's a different. Is what is it, Andrew? T- the Adam, Sand- the Adam, Sa- the Adam Sandler film, the animated. Um, so basically, Adam Sandler it must is be a Netflix a pet. movie. Oh, I could have swore you watched it with me, but either way, Adam Sandler basically plays a pet with another pet. Hey, fuck, what is he? He's like an iguana, I believe, and then the other pet is a turtle, but um adam sandler basically can talk to kids he just doesn't want the kids to tell the other kids that he can talk to them so it's this weird funny situation of he's trying to keep it a big secret until it isn't or whatever have you it's a really cute film if you got kids i highly recommend you see it with them um, he's a he's a he's an iguana right
0: a, 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 a tuatara tuatara it's a lizard Iguana. just him a lizard. He's an infant. He's he's a
3: reptile. <laughs> he doesn't look right? that much different than normal Adam Sandler. Let's just say that. Um,
2: yeah. My number two film, and I wanted to make it my number one film, but I'm. Um, I'm obviously not because I think the
3: the, 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 the one list? film is much better than Just
2: that. make but... it
4: whatever you want. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, fine. I'm making it whatever I want. But as a diehard wrestling fan, I fucking love The Iron Claw. Like, that movie was such a good movie to, to sit back and watch. It's very depressing. If you know about Devon the Von Erics, Then then you kind of mm-hmm. know. But all the acting was on point. Um, especially Zach Efron, who I'm not super familiar with. I think I was talking to Ed about it. Like, I've never seen High School Musical or anything like that, and I can't really recall a film that I've seen that Zac Efron in where I'm cognizant of who he is. But I, I really enjoyed The Iron Claw. I thought all of the acting was on point. I thought the story was depressing. But again, it's one of those, you know, if you can get through it, it's a fantastic movie to endure. And my number one would be Killers of the Moonflower, or Flower Moon moonflower flower moon <laughs> um again uh knock out of the park with martin scorsese i mean it, it's martin scorsese that dude doesn't drop the ball ever uh leonardo dicaprio knocked it out of the park i think robert de niro is going to be an easy shoe in for best supporting actor maybe not win but certainly and um um but you know, Killers of the Flower Moon was such an interesting story. And as much as I am into history, I didn't know about that story. So going back even after the film and reading up on it, I was completely intrigued by it. It's very long. It's three and a half hours, but it's like a three-part story, honestly. It, it starts out as like a romance film, then it goes into a spaghetti western, then it goes into a, a courtroom drama. So, but uh, yeah, the, the pacing of the it. The pacing of the film is just on point. The acting of the film is on point. just everything about it was spectacular and I didn't expect anything less from Martin Scorsese, so I'm glad that he still reaches that bar and somehow some way still raises it.
0: All right, I'll go next uh before I get down with my selections. I just want to say what a goddamn year it was for film. so many good movies um. This was tough. I have to say this making my list this year. Granted I haven't still I still yet to see everything <clears throat> Oppenheimer, but um you know I still seen enough to where I'm I'm pretty uh pretty satisfied with it albeit one or two selections that I know would probably make my list had i seen them yet. I just haven't. Anyway, um, number 10, Indiana Jones and The Dial of Destiny. A very fun return to form. I love the darker espionage thriller treatment that the film was given. Compared to Crystal Skull, it's Raiders for the new generation. Number 9 is Netflix Reptile. Number nine is Netflix's Reptile, a murder mystery that dropped on the platform a couple months ago. It features an excess baggage reunion of sorts between Alicia Silverstone and Benicio Del Toro with Justin Timberlake featured in a very awkward performance. Awkward, but in a good way, if you've seen the film. Great performances, especially from Alicia and Benicio, kept me engaged for the two plus hour duration and bonus points for Anise And bonus points for Alicia and Benicio's square dancing skills. Number 8 is Godzilla Minus One, a genuine surprise, told from two perspectives, one from the human side and the other of course from the monstrous side of Godzilla himself. I was shocked at how much I really enjoyed this. I think everything involving the people this story is focused on is very heartfelt and sincere with all the sequences involving the King of Monsters himself being a ton of fun. I was surprised to see that the budget was a mere $15 million because, quite honestly, it looks like a $100 million picture. 7. Bo is Afraid. After knocking it out of the park with both Hereditary and Midsomar, everyone seemed to be patiently waiting for director Ari Oster's highly anticipated third film and follow up to 2019's Midsomar. And when Bo is Afraid was finally released back in April, it didn't seem to connect with everyone the way his first two films did. As for me, I loved how Astor still insisted on swinging for the fences as his next film would try and escape the horror genre that made him a well-known and much respected filmmaker. It's a simple story of a man who suffers from paranoia-induced panic attacks as he sets off on a bizarre journey to attend the funeral of his overbearing mother who had just passed. And the one thing that I always acknowledge anytime this film comes up is just how eerily realistic and on point the on-screen representation of those panic attacks are when they're displayed on film. I I just thought that uh, Ari Aster was uh, spot on with his depiction of what a panic attack is actually like. Number six, Killers of the Flower Moon. Martin Scorsese's latest is a Western crime drama set in 1920s Oklahoma. It's a compelling achievement in storytelling of epic proportions featuring incredible performances from both De Niro and DiCaprio, but the real MVP is Lily Gladstone. This woman's in her own master class league of remarkable acting because her character Molly is one of my personal favorite roles in the last several years. And it's because of Gladstone and how zoned in and focused she is throughout the entire three and a half hour epic. Number five, John Wick Chapter Four. As a big fan of the John Wick franchise as a whole, I was heavily anticipating this latest entry upon its release last April. And boy, did this film not disappoint. Chapter 4 is not only an action masterpiece, but its attention to various cultures around the world is also something worth mentioning, especially the film's extended Osaka sequence. It's just guns blazing, balls-to-the-wall action that is choreographed insanely well and shot perfectly throughout. It's a perfectly satisfying conclusion to a four-part journey that all started way back when Theon Greyjoy killed John Wick's puppy. Look at us now. Number 4, Ferrari. Ferrari. Ferrari is a nice return to form for celebrated director Michael Mann and an excellent character study with everyone participating in the film playing their parts to perfection. Instead of Ferrari being a full-fledged biopic the way I'm sure a lot of people think it is, Mann instead chooses to set the film in 1957, right after Enzo Ferrari's son Dino passed away and right in the middle of the company's impending bankruptcy. There's a brief moment in this movie when Penelope Cruz, who plays Enzo's miserable wife, Laura, visits the tomb where her late son rests, and she's visiting separately from Enzo, who's seen leaving as she arrives, and anyway, she gives off this look while watching over her son's resting place, and I swear to God, it's one of the most remarkable scenes that I've seen all year. At the end of the day, this was an outstanding film number three the iron claw if you know the tragic story of the von eric family then you'll know going to this film that it's not going to end well heartbreaking tragedies aside filmmaker sean durkin provides a picture-perfect representation of the 80s territorial era and professional wrestling the film genuinely feels like you're watching something straight out of that particular era the other thing that deserves to be mentioned are the performances your core cast of Zachary Afron. Jeremy Allen White and Harris Dickinson each have their individual looks down and they just I'm going to use a well-known wrestling term for this, reach for that brass ring and deliver some really amazing performances. Shout out to Holt McCalney and Mara Tierney, both of whom deliver MVP performances in an already packed house of stellar portrayals. I left the Iron Claw incredibly satisfied. Alright, number two, The Killer is both David Fincher's first film since 2020's Mank, and Michael Fassbender's first project since X-Men Dark Phoenix back in 2019. It's a return to form of swords for Fincher, and it's Fassbender's best performance since his role as David in Prometheus. Fassbender's playing the titular nameless killer, acting as an unreliable narrator of swords as he's telling the story about the ins and outs, do's and don'ts of being a contract killer, only seemingly making the same mistakes he's been telling the audience not to make, which technically could make this a comedy, but we're not going to reach. What I love most about The Killer is the film's simple structure. It's an old-fashioned tale of vengeance, one of my favorite subgenres, in fact. Add Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's trademark sound that it makes, and you've got yourself another bona fide David Fincher classic. And bonus points for all the Smith's music that's featured throughout the film. All right, before I give off my number one pick, I'm just going to knock out some honorable mentions. Uh, I wrote down five in particular, in no order. Knock at the Cabin, Scream 6, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, Napoleon, and Talk to Me are all close runner-ups. I, I really liked each film for their own unique ways. It's just... They weren't good enough to make the list, you know? I can only I can only go come up with ten, and so, you know, I at least wanted to mention these films. Um if not for the fact that i enjoyed them as much as some of the films i've already talked about all right my favorite film of 2023 poor things from yorgos lanthimos one of the things i love the most about the film is the journey that your ghost takes you on it's one that i never wanted to end filled with extraordinary costumes and vividly fascinating set designs that are full of such intoxicating colors that come across as stunning on screen emma stone's performance is unlike anything she's ever done before i only saw her as bella for the duration of the entire feature mark ruffalo and willem defoe also give career best performances but it's stone who really outshines everyone else The best way to summarize my personal thoughts is that it's a wonderfully told story about self-discovery, purpose, and life in general. Inspired by Frankenstein and his monster, this is a film that truly left me captivated and mesmerized throughout its two-and-a-half-hour runtime. I've honestly never seen anything like it before. Not only is Poor Thing's my favorite film of 2023, but it's the best film I've seen in years. I implore everyone, everybody, see it. Do it do it do it
2: pop the trunk do it don't want to smell that new car smell
0: (laughs) all right Justin, why don't you go next man
4: all right um i'm gonna start i'll start with my honorable i have an honorable and dishonorable mentions list so i'll try to get through them both quickly um for honorable mentions uh there's this netflix movie called they clone tyrone um nothing groundbreaking or mind-blowing but a very fun movie um reminded me a little bit of sorry to bother you the boots riley movie from about five five years ago but that's a far far better movie i I don't mean to imply they're on the same level but it's it's kind of like you know that that sci-fi element or or just that sort of out of left field element thrown into like an urban situation so it's um just a very fun movie um A movie I just stumbled across recently on Showtime called Civil Undead. Um, It's like ultra low budget. It's like just, you know, a bunch of couples, not couples, mostly focused on two guys, but like just young people in their 20s. And one guy ends up being a ghost and kind of haunting his buddy because he just has nowhere else to go. Um, I thought I was going to bail after like five minutes. It's like very awkward like autistic 20-something humor that I just kind of find annoying but actually was funny here um it just ended up being an interesting little movie um uh Gaspar Noe's Irreversible he re-released it this year um it's a notorious movie told in reverse you know and begins at the end and and goes backwards to tell the story he re-released it this year in a straight cut Um, So it's not just a re-release of the original movie. It really is a different movie um, when you watch it start to finish. Um, You know, and it's a different experience, takes on different meanings. It's a tough watch. There's a a pretty notorious rape scene in the middle of it. Either version that you watch, it kind of ends up in the same place. Um, And that's difficult to watch, but it's it's a very worthwhile movie. Um, So (laughs) one... This is probably going to be surprising, but I had a lot of fun with this movie, even though it is a, a bad movie. But The Flash, um, the only superhero movie I think maybe that I saw this year, um, but definitely the only one I liked if I did see another one. It's terrible. It's a piece of shit, but it was fun in the way something like Superman 3 or 4 or like Supergirl, like those old corny 80s superhero movies, I, I i was getting just sort of similar vibes off of this um so a couple that might be surprising godzilla minus one um very good movie i think it's a little bit overrated um but yeah it's even if you're not a godzilla person um i have to see some of the newer japanese godzilla movies that have come out i'm not Real familiar with those. Although I really good things about them, but I love. I recently, just this past year, got into all the old Toho ones, so I love those. Um, and probably the most shocking entry because it's an honorable mention and did make the top top ten. Ed, I know you'll be surprised by this: is Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, I had some problems with it. I, it's a very right. good movie. It's very well made, but I don't love it. Um, and I don't think I'll get there on rewatches um, but a, a good movie and definitely worth worth a view um, so my dishonorable mentions there's a couple that, not terrible movies and some I even kind of like these, these are, I would say two stars to three stars and the three stars are three stars but I don't love them um, so I'm talking about The Maestro uh, Bradley Cooper's The Maestro Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon uh, Wes Anderson's Asteroid City and Ridley Scott's Napoleon. Um, all of them have good things about them, but I just wasn't blown away by any one of them. And their movies, especially Rebel Moon, I was really expecting to like. And um, so uh, movies that, that I kind of went in with tire hopes that, that weren't met. And then two that I just absolutely hated were uh, the Barbie movie, which I'm sure is going to end up it has to end up on somebody's list, um, but I just didn't vibe with it. I'm admittedly not the target audience for the movie, so I feel like a dick even saying how much I didn't like it. But I I heard all these things about it's it's smart politics, and I just didn't think it had very smart politics, so it, it just didn't work for me on any level. And you people with um, Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill, just one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen in my life. Just oh.
0: I forgot that came out that (laughs) movie
4: that movie was an abomination horrible yeah I'll second that it's awful yeah it's it's an awful movie um so for my top 10 uh my number 10 is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves um very fun i heard a lot of good things about that movie believe it yeah it's 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 believe the hype that's on your list it's a very (laughs) very fun movie um i'm somebody who loves like old 80s sword and sorcery flicks you know i grew up with that the sword and the sorcerer and um you know the conan dragon slayer dragon slayer is one of my all-time favorite movies and this kind of i got some of that same feeling watching this as i got from those old movies and and there hasn't been sort of a a sword and sorcerer type movie that's made me feel that way in a long time so i really um i haven't gone back and re-watched it but i, I really should because i had a, a very fun time watching it um so the next one i'm combining three music documentaries that i saw the this year that that i like very much um the first one's called love to love you donna summer It's just a, a perfect uh music documentary in my opinion it's not a lot of uh the, whoever made it definitely doesn't try to, to like draw attention to themselves, which a lot of music documentaries do these days. Like, I don't give a fuck about the filmmaker. I'm there to watch the subject. And um, it's just old archival footage and some talking head stuff. Like, you know, people giving anecdotes about Donna Summer mixed in over the old footage. And it's just perfectly done um, in a similar vein. Wham! Uh, the Netflix documentary on the band uh, wham, same thing. Lots of old footage with, uh, you know, just commentary laid over top the footage. Perfect. Uh, and then the re-release of Talking Heads Stopped Making Sense. Um, got to see that in the theater. Just had a really good time with that. Uh, so uh, that was number nine. My number eight is Bo is Afraid. Um, it's a movie I admire more than I like. I, it's recently started running on showtime so i rewatched about an hour of it the other night um christmas yeah, Eve, actually. Movie. yeah and i caught the middle hour which is kind of the part where it, it slogs a little bit um so i it, the beginnings what I, I really like like the be like the first 40 minutes of that um and then at the end when it gets like super bad shit. i mean it's bad shit from start to finish but um i like the beginning and the end more than the middle so um but it's you know it's a very interesting movie definitely not for everybody certainly understand why people hate it um my number seven is john wick four um unlike you Ed, i I, i'm a big fan of the second one um also like the first one a lot i don't like the third one so much by the time Midway through the third one, I'm like, man, this is just starting to feel very repetitive. Um, and I thought the fourth one kind of started out that way, too. I was like, shit, this is just more of the same. I'm I'm just, I think I'm getting burnt out on, on John Wick. And then, like, midway through, when they get to Paris, like, it yeah. just takes, it it just goes to a whole different level. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is, this is really is as good as people are saying it is. Um... So yeah, John Wick 4, if you haven't seen it, well worth the watch. Um, the next one was a big surprise to me. I thought I was going to hate this movie, but Indiana Jones and The Dial of Destiny. Um, super fun. Um, I've seen a lot of criticisms. Some, some of them I understand, some I don't understand. I think some people are just mad that it wasn't Spielberg who made it. I think um, Mangold did a good job of approximating some of spielberg's look and feel um it did have some of the the dodgy cgi of kingdom of the crystal skull but it didn't bother me as much this time around and mostly worked um i don't know i just i just thought it was fun uh you know it's not going to make you forget the first few but it's a good movie uh, so next on the list, I forget what number I'm at, is um, May, December, the new uh, Todd Hayes, Julianne Moore, and uh, Natalie Portman movie. movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, but I'm a Todd Hayes fan, so I was excited for this. It's kind of a, um, I don't want to say return to form because he's, he's kind of all over the map, but I just like, uh, He's a very melodramatic filmmaker, but he either does it kind of like in a campy melodramatic style, which I don't, I I don't vibe with that as much, or he does it more of a subdued melodrama, like that movie Safe, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, May, December is more in that line. Um, You know, dry humor. Um, Natalie Portman, who's an actor I usually don't think is very good, is excellent in this um might be my favorite performance of hers julianne moore's a little too on the nose um you know playing a weirdo i don't want to say too much about the movie it's better if you go in not knowing a ton about it um but yeah very very good movie um i think kind of fell through the cracks a little bit so it'll be nice for people kind of just to go back and discover that one uh next on the list is brandon cronenberg's infinity pool um I heard different things about this one going in that I, I know it could have went either way. Um, it's, I still haven't seen his other, I still haven't seen possessor and I think he might have even one before that. So, um, you know, I know he, he's got a, re- a reputation for, for being weird, but I didn't know quite what to expect and just really liked infinity pool a lot. Um, did you ever, did you ever get around to seeing it? No, no. Okay. Yeah. It's, I've been wanting to see it, it too. Out. I, that's... Yeah. Well, you 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 like Possessor, right, Corey? Yeah, Aren't I do. You a Possessor fan. I, I'm a
3: big fan. Yeah. yeah. So I, I that's one I own. I actually own Infinity Pool. I just haven't watched
4: it yet. I don't know why I haven't got around to it. Yeah, it's it's worth it. Um. So next on my list was a movie I was perfectly ready to hate. Um, I didn't like the director's previous film. And I had read some bad things about this going into it, but I ended up loving it. And it is uh, Emerald Fennel's Salt Burn. Um, again, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say too much, um, except, and this is out there. It's essentially a remake of the Fabulous uh, or the Talented Mr. Ripley. Um, so if you've seen that, this is a lot of that. Um, but I just I thought it was really interestingly done, and. Very funny. Um Rosamond Pike, who who's an actor that I never really vibe with, was amazing in this. Um, she gets great lines, like all all the best lines are are given to her character and she just kills them. So um yeah, um highly recommend that. Uh so I'm up to number two. Okay, my number two was my number one for the longest time um since seeing it, and that's David Fincher's The Killer. Um yeah I don't know I was just I was blown away um yeah. this is another one I saw some people I didn't vibe with they thought it was kind of uh a, a good-looking but empty movie and that's not the movie I watched um yeah
0: fuck them people
4: <laughs> yeah I, th- I just I think it's gonna be one of those movies that it's gonna age really well And in a few years people are gonna go back and watch it and go oh this was actually really saying some stuff and I didn't pick up on it at the time um I mean, it's, it seems obvious to me, but apparently a lot of people just didn't pick up. I think it's it's almost as satirical and as, and almost as funny as Fight Club. Like I put it on the same level and Fight Club is one of my top five all time favorite movies. So um, I, I think this is close. It's not quite Fight Club great, but it's pretty close. Um, it's the first feature movie since Fight Club that I loved on initial viewing. Um, a couple other ones took me a few watches to get on board but yeah the killer is amazing and um my number one movie which just knocked the killer off the top i just saw it today with ed poor things yep um unfucking believable. it's he's just working on an entirely different level at this point um yorgos lanthimos um I don't know if you guys have seen any of his other movies, uh The Lobster, which I'm not a fan of, Killing of a Sacred Deer. I remember liking it, but I couldn't tell you a thing that happened in it. I need to rewatch it. Um The Favorite, I, I actually really liked a lot. But this is some whole different shit. Um it's like <laughs> it's like Kubrick good. It's like like a clockwork orange kind of like. It's gonna be that kind of movie, good. I, you know, I think it's gonna stand the test of time. It's just on a whole fucking masterpiece. Yeah, it really is. Like it is. It just doesn't like he's not doing anything with the camera I haven't seen before, but just the way he's doing it and the way he's putting shots together, um, it's unlike anything I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, the cinematography in the movie is just uncanny.
4: The soundtrack, which it's just like all atonal and discordant, but just so speaks to the characters and their frame of mind um it's just i can't even put into words having just seen it not too long you know a few hours ago just how good it is um i can't recommend a movie more highly I, it's i i think it's already you know i'm gonna definitely see it as soon as i can again but yeah. i think it's already like gonna be one of the best movies i've ever seen in my entire life like it's that good yeah
0: it's it's just to piggyback off everything you just said, it, everything I already said about the film, it's something else. It's it was it was an experience. I mean, we literally sat there and watched it until the lights came on, the theater lights. Like, <laughs> right, we right sat through, the, through the, credits. the credits and everything. Yeah. It was just fucking blown away, like you said.
4: And if you don't know much about it, like don't read up on it because I've been I've been yeah. wanting to see it and anticipating it for a long time, but I purposely like have avoided reading too much, so I only had the vaguest idea. Not even what what is it was about, just kind of like broad, very broad strokes, and um, it wasn't at all, you know, what I would have even expected if I had had some preconceived notion. It's it's just it was it would have been different than anything I, I would have imagined. Um, just completely took me by surprise by what a masterpiece it is.
0: It's so fucking funny. God, it's yeah. so funny. Yeah. When when it gets funny, it, it's funny. So. Like I said, I, I laughed so much, and I haven't laughed that I've like that in quite some time. So. Yeah,
4: and if you're one of these—well, I was going to say weirdos. I don't want to be mean. If you're one <laughs> of these people who are weirded out by sex scenes in movies, avoid the movie. You're not oh, yeah. going <laughs> to—it's really going to get under your skin. Avoid, like, the fucking plague
0: if that gets to you. All right. Uh, Jocelyn, we haven't heard from you in a minute. Let's, uh, let's hear from you on your list of the year.
1: All right. Um— I'm trying to think of, like, honorable mentions. Um,
0: you don't have that honorable mentions. I, I mean, two kind
1: of... I have two so going back and forth I've on my seen. top ten list, so I figured I'll just throw them out there. Um, Knock at the Cabin, I liked it. It wasn't one of my favorite M. Night movies. Um, it was definitely different and interesting, and, you know, it didn't have, like, that ultimate twist that you're waiting for in all of his movies. It's kind of just thrown out there from the beginning um and then the haunted mansion um i was like not looking forward to this movie at all and i'm not gonna say it's great because it's not really great but it was one of the movies that i almost put on my list um i'm still an eddie murphy haunted mansion fan myself so it was
3: better than i thought it was gonna be honestly yeah it, i didn't have yeah, the expectations it, either but it was all right
1: I had low expectations. <laughs> I think for so, I think for the ride yeah, it, it did better. a good job.
3: I think it did a it good did. job calling back a lot to the ride because I'm a huge fan of the ride in um Disney World.
1: Disney World, yeah. Well and Disneyland, yeah. Um yeah, I agree with that. It it definitely it was better than I thought it would be. I was pleasantly surprised when I saw it. Um all right, in my top ten, let's see, number 10. I have 65. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's Adam Driver. Basically, like, he's, like, this uh, person that sh- he works for, like, I don't know, like, a company or something where they travel to different spaces they have or times they do these jobs. And he goes back in time and he ends up crash landing on Earth in, you know, 65 million years ago and, uh, like, right before... You know, The Meteor Strikes, if you didn't know where that was headed. Um, It's a good movie. I fell asleep during the first time of it just because I (laughs) remember I was completely and utterly exhausted. Um, So I went back and I watched the last 30 minutes today. Um, But it's definitely something that made me want to go back and finish it because I did enjoy what I did see of it. And I love Adam Driver. I just, I think he's he's great in anything that he's in, but, but it was a fun, action-packed movie. Um, and then number nine, I have, which I'm actually shocked that none of you even brought up yet, was Cocaine Bear. I, I still even, haven't seen eh. it. You ha- oh, okay. It was
3: okay. It, I think it was trying too hard.
1: It was trying too hard, but some of the one-liners in there, it, it, it was just funny. Like, I just remember we just like cracked up laughing at this movie um and what's her name carrie what uh carrie fish carrie fisher no what the fuck am i thinking of carrie russell jesus fucking christ carrie russell carrie fisher um, is i know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why carrie Fisher popped in my head but carrie russell um she she cracked me up in that movie um i just thought she was hilarious um so those were kind of like my eh, i just threw them on my list because i didn't really see a whole lot this year um number three or number eight i know that y'all didn't like it that much and um i liked it for reasons i think that other people liked it but is barbie um i honestly thought
2: you were gonna say ant man
1: no oh fuck no, that's not even on my list. I'll just let you know ahead of time. Um i d I didn't even come close to making my list. Um yeah, I mean I like this movie. It was fun. You know, I'm all about like the girl power and all that stuff. I think it did kind of, you know, get close to crossing a line with a couple things and you know, I know it definitely pissed people off. But it was a fun movie to go and watch with my daughter. Um Growing up as a kid, my mom and I used to sing closer to fine in the car together. So that really <laughs> that really <laughs> fucked me up. I just started bawling in the movie theater when that part came up. I was like, what the fuck are you doing to me, Barbie? God damn. <laughs> um, so you know, for like sentimental reasons, that that movie really um stood out to me. Um, my number seven is gonna be Spider-Man across the spider-verse. And I think I've higher expectations for this movie and i was a little disappointed because the first one was amazing and this one i had to rewind it a couple times because i was like i don't understand what's going on right now um but it still looks great um i really think that they did a great job with the second movie it definitely is a deserving you know like second like a follow-up film to the first one but i still like the first one better but um um yeah so and then what do we have next number six is the flash and i'm so glad that justin had this on his list too (laughs) because i thought i was alone on this island here um but yeah you know i guess for me it's like you know dead mom shit and it (laughs) kind of like you know tugged at my heartstrings with the whole you know the mom stuff in there and everything too um and i just i love the flash i love ezra miller as an actor i mean i've always said you know he's a piece of shit person in real life but you know i think he's great at what he does professionally and i love him as the flash i think that he's just witty and funny and he's one of my favorite dc characters of all time so, The Flash is my number six. Um, and then number five, I had um, Indiana Jones and the Doll of Destiny. And I cannot... I don't know about you guys, but I just cannot stop thinking about that damn parade scene. When that confetti is coming down. And I just think like it, that whole scene was just absolutely gorgeous to me. I, I don't know what it was, but I just think it was great it had
0: moments that felt like an old school indiana jones film it did yeah it was magical that was one of those key moments yeah Yeah, definitely
1: definitely like i mean i guess i think it's just like the red white and blue how it's coming down everything just kind of pops in that scene and every time i see something about that movie I, i immediately go back to that scene um yeah definitely good and then um my number four is My number four is kind of a tie between two movies right now, and um, I hate to do that, but I had a hard time with this list. I probably should have just taken 65 or Cocaine Bear out, but um, Asteroid City, um, not my favorite Wes Anderson movie, but it had all of the Wes Anderson qualities to it, and... I love the way that this movie looks, all the pastel colors and everything, all of the actors and actresses in it. Um, This is more big name, you know, actors and actresses than he's ever had before in any of his movies. Um, Sometimes it was a little slow here and there, but um, it definitely was enjoyable to watch and i don't know if any of you guys have seen it too the whole alien scene like it just it made me laugh out loud it cracked me up (laughs) um and then i also had number four the teenage mutant ninja turtles movie i don't know if you guys had seen this i haven't seen it it's so fucking good. I don't even like Ninja Turtles, but that movie was I second so it. fucking it's, it's good. It's an
2: animated film, isn't it? It is not it
1: Yeah, it's kind of know. like it's kind of like the Spider-Man, it, like the Spider Verse movies. It is it's basically like the same concept as so that. So
2: really, really well done animation. Yep.
1: Yeah, really, really, really great. And Post Malone's in it, and I love Post Malone, and as do I yeah so yeah my husband got me a ray fillet uh funko pop for christmas because he's like i know you love your postie i was like thanks um okay number three and i i I said our lists are going to be totally different but number three for me is the taylor swift eras tour (laughs) movies that's okay (laughs) Um, it's the only movie this year that I paid to go see twice in the movie theater, and it was an amazing experience, especially for people that don't have the money to go out and actually see the tour or couldn't get, you know, the fan verified tickets or anything. But this was so fun. Um, she's phenomenal in concert, and I say in concert because I always say that if it's over a certain inch screen you're seeing it on then you saw them in concerts well so. it's a
0: concert movie yeah
1: so. but um yeah it's just fun like at the end like towards the end my daughter got to go down and she was dancing with a bunch of the little girls and they were all like you know giving each other friendship bracelets and stuff and i think just like the experience of it was well worth it and it's just it's a good time if you even if you're not a taylor swift fan it's it's great it really is great Um, I know most of you won't agree with me, but, uh, definitely I, that was up there, especially since I saw it twice in theaters. Um, number two is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And I'm sure some of you are probably shocked that this isn't my number one, but, um, it's, it was good. It wasn't as good as the first and second one. It had a lot of more, um what's the word it was kind of brutal um you know with the whole rocket story and the background story and everything and just everything that's going on with him in the movie it's just kind of like you know i thought emotionally my emotionally kid... taxing yeah it really was I, I thought my kid was gonna have like a freaking heart attack in the movie like multiple times because he was just like you know losing his day of mind during this movie um But, um, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. It's, you know, I I covered that on Josh's episode the last time I was on there. Actually, I covered all three of the movies while I was on there. Um, because I'm such a big fan. Um, it's, it's, it's just a good movie. I, I've really, really enjoyed it. And I think that it was a very good ending to the, you know, the franchise, the Guardians franchise. And I hope we see more of them in the future. Um... But my number one, um, I actually, just like you, Ed, and Justin, I just saw this a couple hours ago. Um, It's been on my list all year long, and it's been sitting on my list in my, uh, you know, watch list on Amazon Prime Video. And then I went to play it today because I was like, today's my last day to watch it. I need to get it in. And I was shocked because it was actually free because I had waited so long. So that was another plus. But um, it is Zach Braff's movie um, that he wrote and directed called A Good Person. And it has um, Florence Pugh, Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you guys have seen it, but... Um,
0: no, I had it on my actual... I, I remember very well I had it on my most anticipated list of the year. Yeah. Um, But I didn't see it.
1: This... Because
0: Zach Braff directed it. I didn't get around to watching it, though, for
1: yeah he wrote it why. and he directed it um and i know it had a lot to do with um i think he he lost his dad and i think it was like his brother during covid or something and he had like this it, they were very close i believe to when when they passed away or, or his best friend and his dad i think it was i can't remember but um so he i know i'd watched an interview where he was dealing with like a, a lot of grief because of all of this happening to him in such a short period of time. So he wanted to you know make this movie. Um, and Florence Pugh was in it I, you know they were I think dating at the time when he made this movie. Um, her performance in this movie is stellar. like I I love everything that she's in, but this this movie fucking like shook me and it it was it was incredible i can't stop thinking about this movie um it's i cried like so many times (laughs) it's just like it's one of those movies that kind of you know you watch and it sticks with you and um anybody who hasn't seen this movie i highly recommend watching this movie um it's it's a great movie and it deals with grief and loss and you know starting over and just how quickly things can change in the blink of an eye um It's a, uh, Morgan Freeman's great in it, too. Um, I really saw, like, how old that motherfucker is getting nowadays, though, in that (laughs) movie. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I I definitely recommend this movie. Uh, I I honestly think you guys would all really enjoy it a lot. But, um, yeah, so that's my, that's my number one. I was actually really surprised that after watching that today, that jumped all the way to my number one spot. So... That's
0: the top 10. All right. Well, next up last, but certainly not least, we got Corey in his top 10.
3: Yeah, save the best for last as usual, yeah. You know? As usual. Uh, you know, I got the microphone so everybody's going to listen to every damn word I say now. All right. <laughs> um Real quick, honorable mentions, uh, John Wick Chapter 4. I enjoyed it. I I like John Wick, but I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of the series. I mean, the impressive stunt work alone, you know, makes it a must-watch. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed Chapter 4. I'm with you, Justin, on this one, Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, Breath of Fresh Air is just, like, you don't see these movies that much anymore, like the Sword & Stone type, just something that's not heavily dependent on, like, superheroes. (laughs) You know, and I think um, Chris Pine and uh, Michelle Rodriguez have great chemistry in the movie. So um, that's on my list. Sorry, I got a cough. Hold on. (coughs) Damn, I haven't been talking all this time and now I got a (laughs) cough. And then my last, or actually two last honorable mentions, Knock at the Cabin. uh, Probably one of my favorite Shyamalan movies uh, ever. Like, I I was really surprised. Beautiful movie, too. The uh, cinematography is A Step Above and Knock at the Cabin. And uh, I'm a huge fan of Batista. I-, I love most of the stuff he's in, so he was great in there as well. And then my last honorable mention is one I just saw about a month ago uh, with you, Ed, and that was Thanksgiving. Uh Fun time. You know, it doesn't reinvent the wheel. It isn't anything um, stellar, but it's a really fun movie for what it is, for a slasher movie. Uh, I love the whole idea of the opening of uh, Black Friday, and there's a whole slasher movie centered around that starts at black Friday sale. So I, I love that idea. I think it's a great idea to start a horror movie. So, uh, that's, that's it for my honorable mentions. Uh, my number 10, I actually just watched with my son. Uh, it was one. that was really surprising to me and that's elemental. Uh, the Pixar movie. Uh, I did not mm-hmm. see this movie making it on my list. I didn't even think I was really going to like it. Uh, I was watching it cause it was something for him to watch. And it is oh my god like the world in this movie is great the um voice acting is great and it has probably one of my favorite scenes in any movie of the year which is speaking a lot i, I think they do a lot with metaphors in this movie and just a lot of good lessons for kids you know i guess maybe it hits me harder since i'm a dad now but it, it, in the middle of the movie it has a great scene uh just showing how things can be different but uh you know we can all get along too so i think it has one of the best well done Like i said scenes for a kid as far as lessons learning i I mean it blew me away i i I thought it was great so elemental i i can't believe that made my list but yeah it made my number 10. um my number nine is one i you know i've seen a lot of people either love or hate my number nine is evil dead rise um i might get hate for this i like this a lot better than the remake Uh, I like the fact that they changed the setting. I like the fact that it's just a little bit different. I think it's a good idea having a mom going after her kids. Um, You know, is it a perfect movie? No. And I really like the monstrosity thing. I won't spoil it if anybody hasn't seen it. But um, at the ending, I thought it was a cool idea to have... um, the, the way the movie ended, and also this isn't a huge spoiler, but I like the idea that there's multiple Necronomicons. I mean, you know, it might seem blasphemous, but to me, it seems like a smart idea to kind of branch the story off and have it go different places than just a dark cabin in the woods every time. So uh, I really enjoyed that one. Oh, something's wrong with my list. I'm missing a number. <laughs> I just realized as I'm looking, I'm like, I'm going to jump from number nine to number seven. That's <laughs> not right. All right, well, we'll go with number uh, eight, I guess, now, and that's uh, Guardians 3. Um, I'm a huge fan of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I've definitely been feeling the Marvel fatigue. I haven't seen most of the new Marvel movies. I haven't seen Ant-Man. I haven't seen uh, Marvels. I, I forget what the other one was that they released this year. I haven't seen any of the TV shows on um, Disney+, Plus, but uh, Guardians is one that keeps me coming back. Uh, you know, what was the one with... Um... Um, Angelina Jolie Oh, the uh,
2: Eternals
1: Eternals
2: Did that come out this year?
1: No, I think that was I last I think it year. was the
2: end of last okay. year It was last November
3: Gotcha Yeah, end of last year But yeah, I'm a huge fan of uh, Guardians I just, it, it tugs at my heartstrings as well uh, I think the comedic timing from Gunn is just fantastic And, you know, I'm looking forward to see what he does with the um, DC properties I'm also a huge fan of uh, Peacemakers as well, so (laughs) it kind of fits together for me. Uh, My number seven is Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, I'm surprised it's not higher. I mean, because it's Scorsese, usually everything he does. I mean, Irishman was one of my favorite movies of that year. Something just didn't quite click for me. It it was really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. The performances are great. I agree with what you uh, said, Ed. I mean, as far as like a lead actress, she was fantastic um you know I really enjoyed it just something didn't quite click with me I mean it, it, it you know it's tough to watch it's not an easy movie to watch by any means just for sheer length and just for s- subject matter of just watching these poor Native American people get murdered throughout the whole movie you know it, it's kind of a downer so it's not the easiest to watch um but yeah, I mean, it made my list. It, it was in, you know, it was a good, good film. You know, obviously Scorsese's the master. I mean, I, I'm glad that he's uh, keeping going. But yeah, it was just it, it was a tough one for me. Um, my number six is one I'm a little surprised about. No one's talked about. And that's the Ben Affleck movie air uh, that came on Amazon Prime earlier this year. Um, I hate myself I for not seeing that film yet.
2: Yeah, I haven't gotten
0: around I to so it I was so fucking
3: interested in seeing it, I just
2: haven't yet. Yeah, great. We were
0: supposed to see it together, Andrew, but never got around to it.
2: I'm down for that. I mean, shit, it's Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, right?
3: Yeah.
0: Yep. but uh, Affleck also directed it.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, Affleck directed it. it. It's the story of how uh, the first Air Jordans came into existence and how it just completely changed the way shoes and sports uh, marketing is done. Um, but it's great. It's a really cool story. Um, all the acting is top notch. Um, I'm a huge fan that uh, Chris Tucker's in there because, uh, his role, uh, is pretty decent in the movie and you don't see him in a lot of roles anymore. So, uh, you know, I was a huge fan of air, just really great movie. Just, uh, yeah, it was just a good time. I, I was a little surprised no one else mentioned it, but, um, let's see. My number five is Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Um, I'll take this any day of the week over, like, John Wick or a superhero movie or anything like that. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, the Mission Impossible series. You know, I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, Fallout is probably my favorite out of the series. But uh, this one, I think, was a good follow-up. You know, is it a little bit questionable with the AI stuff they talk about in there? Sure, it is. But, you know, I, th- I think it's a fitting direction for the series to go in but uh yeah all the action is great I love Simon Pegg in there um just fantastic I mean I'll I'll take the like I said I'll take this any day of the week over the um comic book stuff and just all that it it was just really a good time uh my number four is Creed 3 uh I, I guess no one else in here is a big Rocky franchise Creed fan But
2: I am. I am. I just unfortunately didn't see Creed 3 either.
3: Yeah, I I am. I'm a huge fan of the original Rocky series. Probably one of my favorite, or probably my favorite, like, sports underdog type series. Like, I mean, I've seen the original so many times. I even like the fifth one. Like, (laughs) you know, that tells you how much of a hardcore fan I am. As
2: do I. As do I.
3: Yeah, and I think Creed, just such a brilliant way to um, keep the franchise going. Michael B. Jordan, I mean, he owns that role, Uh, You know, it was a shame that um, Sly Stallone wasn't in this one. Um, You know, he says it was because it took a darker direction. You know, I personally think he didn't have as much control as he probably wanted. That's my personal take on it. That's just hearsay, obviously. Uh, But yeah, because I mean, yeah, the movie's a little dark, but like I'm watching this and I'm like, Sly has a problem with this. Like, but I don't know, in the fourth one, his friend dies in the ring. I mean, I don't know. So I, I didn't think it was that dark or anything that crazy. But um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Creed series. Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson. Both both great leads in that. Sorry. So, hold on one second. I have to edit this out. So <laughs> I'm looking Because I'm looking at my list. Something got messed up here somewhere. <laughs> and I don't know where. So, my top two, I know, right. I'm missing something somewhere. Must have, like, bad finger. fuck i want have missed i must have deleted something because it, it skips a number <laughs> mm. i don't know fuck it. shit anyway so yeah i'm missing a number in here somewhere it'll probably come back to me later i don't fucking know so anyway <laughs> my my i'm just gonna skip over one here because I, I don't know how i did this but my number two is uh spider-man across the spider-verse um do i like it as much as the original no i don't think it's as good You know do i like the way the ending is i mean it's it's a fine ending but you know it'll obviously make you want to see the sequel but i was a little you know anytime it ends on a cliffhanger like that and you're gonna be waiting years to see it i'm not a huge fan but i know this fits you know in the middle of the series but uh as a huge spider-man fan i mean he's my favorite marvel um superhero um i was always a fan of the animated shows back in the day uh read some of the comics and this one is just great just seeing all the different um variants of spider-man uh obviously it, i mean it's just so many spider-man references in there like it's definitely cool is like a harder i want to say i'm a hardcore hardcore spider-man fan but it was definitely neat seeing a lot of that stuff thrown in there and i'm a huge fan of miles morales i'll, I'll take him any day of the week um so yeah it's it, just a fantastic movie just great i mean it it didn't exceed my expectations, but I, you know, this one was definitely one on my list, and it didn't disappoint. It I really had a good time. And my number one, I'm not saying this is the best movie of the year. I'm not saying anything like that, but it was just my personal favorite. I've watched it a couple times now, um, and that's um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: uh, Mutant Mayhem. It's just so well done. Like I'm a huge TMNT fan. I mean, I had all the toys as a kid. I own the entire animated series on DVD that comes in a little turtle bus. You know, I'm just a huge TMNT fan. Um, You know, I even like the Michael Bay ones. They're not great, but, you know, it is what it is. But this one, to me, is a return to form. I love the fact that they actually cast teenagers as the voice roles. Like, it doesn't sound like a grown adult doing a kid's voice or something like that. I love the fact that they actually sound like kids. I like what they did with April O'Neil um in the movie and uh, yeah I like the whole mutant mayhem. I like that it didn't just go straight to Shredder like the arch nemesis. I like that it starts somewhere different. I like the whole Is it t- team dynamic? What were you going to say, Andrew?
2: Is not Seth Rogen in the film? Yeah, yeah. I think I did the last one. Yeah, he okay.
3: No, he's in this one. Well oh, he
1: did, he created it, didn't he? Yeah, him
3: and um Evan uh what's what's his partner? Evan Goldberg, like they're like the yes, the yeah. people behind it. Yeah, so they created, because you can tell, they they were probably fans as well uh, of the source material. And there's just, like, so many callbacks, like, I thought I would never see. Like, I mean, just like all the uh, mutant characters. Like, these characters were just created to make toys back in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> and seeing them come back again, uh, like Mondo Lizard, like, just stuff like that. Like, it just blows my mind, the fact that I'm watching this in a, a modern movie um but yeah it it was just so well done i think the part that works for me the best was just the team dynamic i think all the turtles feel very distinct in the movie they all have i mean they always have their built-in default personalities but i do think they do a good job of having some inner conflict and then also having just good chemistry just a great movie again I'm not saying it's the best movie by any means Uh, I'm just saying it was my personal favorite I I, it's a movie I've watched several times and uh, just a disclaimer it's kind of tough for me because like I haven't seen a lot of the smaller indie movies yet so I'm sure this list would change quite a bit I haven't seen the killer I haven't seen um god what now the name's escaping me the Emma Watson movie the one um you guys had on your list that one is one I want to see as well um, there's just so many, like a lot of the times what happens is I see a lot of the smaller movies, like towards Oscar season, like just as awards start coming out and as stuff starts hit streaming and stuff like that. So there, there's just a lot of like the, I, Bo is afraid is another one I haven't watched yet just because I haven't put the time commitment in infinity <laughs> pool. There's just so many. So like, I'm sure my list would right. change quite a bit because there's several I really want to see. I want to see the Ferrari movie. Cause I, I, I'm a huge fan of Michael Mann, and I, I think the decision to only focus on one year is a good choice. Like, as far as, like, the biopic movies go, I think it's always a good choice to focus on a certain period as opposed to try to cram someone's whole life into two hours or three hours. So I'm sure Ferrari, Iron Claw, all those movies, I'm sure, would probably rank up there, but just haven't seen them yet. Just, I don't get out to the movies that much, so until they hit streaming, you know, or Blu-ray, I... I'm just not going to get there. So I'm sure probably half my list would probably change. But as of now, you know, this is the stuff I've seen. So this is the top ones on my list. So, yeah, that's it. That's my top nine because I don't know which one I'm missing. So (laughs) I'm missing one in there somewhere. But, um, yeah, that's mine. I I would say overall, like, it was a good year, but not my favorite year of movies. I don't think really most of these movies are going to be like my all timers. But, you know, still a fun time this year.
0: Alright, some most anticipated films of 2024. Um, you know, you can just go through those real quick. Uh, um, no particular order for me. Uh, I'm looking forward to the new one from Rose Glass from St. Maude. Love Lies Bleeding with uh, Kristen, Sto- Kristen Stewart that comes out next month or in February. Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, of course. Civil War, the new film from Alex Garland. Furiosa. The uh, New Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes movie Bad Boys 4, Beverly Hills Cop 4, Twisters the new Alien film, Alien Romulus Beetlejuice 2 of course uh, John Watts his next film, it's a movie called Wolves with George Clooney and Brad Pitt as uh, two fixers who were assigned to do the same job uh, Joker Folly Adieu and uh Nosferatu I had to uh, put that one on there the uh what is it uh the the, the which is first. robert agers thank you robert agers his new film which is uh not coming out until christmas but it's i'm a big fan of to the story of that so i'm looking forward to seeing what he does in his vision so seen Shadow um, of the Vampire. Any, a, yeah anybody else looking forward to anything in particular coming out later on uh in 2024
2: i mean to um. for sure rush hour 4 Is also a pretty big one for me because I love Rush Hour. Deadpool three. Wait, is Rush Hour four? Yeah,
0: there is. Yeah, they announced that a while ago. Okay.
2: Deadpool three, like you said, Furioso. Um. (laughs) There's move. It says National Treasure three here on this anticipated list, but let's face it, that's never happening. Um. That's that's about it. I saw a trailer for that new Bob Marley film, and it doesn't look good at all.
0: The trailer's long as how saw it yesterday before Ferrari. It's like, it's like a three minute trailer. Jesus.
2: Uh, Beetlejuice 2, though, is also way up there for me.
1: I also the only other thing that I had on my list that you guys didn't say, which you probably aren't interested in, is uh the new uh, Wicked. They're turning that into a movie.
0: Of course, or- Wicked. Oh, why did I did not put that on my list. Looking forward to Wicked. No. <laughs> Well, I like a two part movie, isn't I read,
1: it? I read the book. I saw it on Broadway. And no, I'm
0: just joking. Right? I don't I'm, know anything I'm about Wicked about except it. for the fact that it's been sold out on Broadway for years.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm excited for it.
0: But aren't they doing a two part movie of that? Isn't it like. I thought I, I saw a part one. Yeah. Comes out this year, next the only year. thing
1: I know about it is Ariana Grande is in it. And I'm like. But I'm not really excited for that. I'm just excited to see it get turned into a movie.
2: A couple other shout-outs. Apparently, the Borderlands movie is supposed to come out next year as well.
0: Yeah, Eli's Uh, been talking about it on uh, a couple podcasts. He's been on recently. Yeah, Yeah, uh, he actually had to stop filming. Yeah, he had to turn shooting over to uh, Tim Miller, who was doing second-hand directing or second-unit directing because he went out to go shoot Thanksgiving. And they had reshoots for for Borderlands. But it's coming out in the summertime, I believe. I think August it comes out.
2: Borderlands is like one of my favorite game franchises. It's so good. And I also forgot Craven the Hunter is coming out, which after playing Spider-Man 2 on PS5, I'm excited to see that for sure.
3: (laughs) You're probably the only one. I thought the
4: trailer for that, the, the trailer for that looked interesting. It came out like, I don't know what, five, six months ago.
2: Well, if they swing it the way that they did in Spider-Man Two, it's going to be at least interesting to see. So we'll see.
0: Anybody
3: else? Um.
0: Going once. Going twice.
4: A bunch of the ones you mentioned, uh, Dune Two. I don't know if you mentioned. That's that what I was going to bring up. Yeah, Dune. Yeah. Dune Part Two. Yep.
0: I still got to sit down and watch the first part. So
1: I have no interest to see any <laughs> of those. <laughs>
0: All right, well, before we get out of here, uh, I do want to update our listeners uh, on all things podcast-related, looking over, looking ahead at 2024. Um, so there's two in particular shows that are going to be kicking off in probably the first half of the year. I'm not sure how to do the first one yet. Well, the first show, we've talked about this before. Originally, it was uh, conceived as a patreon exclusive but then we didn't really get anywhere with our patreon account so we kind of quietly closed that and now the show is without a home and i want to bring it on to the main feed it's a monthly show it's just like the film effect but it's going to be instead of a movie it'll be on the filmmakers and it's a show dubbed the film effect focus Again, it's a monthly podcast where instead of episodes doing a deep dive on a particular film, we're going to doing the same thing with similar categories about filmmakers. And I'm hoping to have the first episode by the end of January. And like I said, it'll be a monthly thing. So that'll be coming up. And... I've been wanting to do a Tales from the Crypt podcast ever since I started podcasting, or since I started the creation of the film Effect, and thinking of different ideas for other shows, Well, I guess this would be a limited series. Each episode would be on a different episode, and that's it. I've been kicking around the title, Cryptcast, for the name. So if that comes to fruition, then I would like to get the ball rolling. Maybe kick it off with an episode on Demon Knight that'll segue into the actual Cryptcast show, and then after that, maybe do an episode on of Blood to bookend it, I don't know, just ideas I'm thinking of, but the film effect focus is definitely, definitely starting, and I've been thinking about potentially doing like a horror spinoff, like the same thing of film effect, but just for horror movies, like the horror effect podcast or something, I don't know, but Mainly is I want to expand in twenty twenty four with some shows. So those are the uh the three that I had in mind. Um as always, all ideas are subject to change, but I, I, I am ninety percent sure the film effect focus is a go starting next month. More on that as uh we get closer. And uh one last thing before we say farewell i wanted to dedicate this edition of the podcast to sean who uh probably wouldn't be a film effect today if it weren't for him someone who i think about every day and i'm always gonna miss and uh no matter what he's always gonna be one of us so this one's for you brother we love you and that is it gonna do it for our special end of the year slash 50th edition of fewer cast but before we bid farewell, i do want to remind our listeners about our never-ending collection of film effect content that can be discovered over at the archive on our website the film as well as all major podcast platforms at film effect pod on twitter the film effect podcast everywhere else And does everyone know what we haven't received in a long time? Like in over about a year or so? A review on Apple Podcasts. Please, everyone listening, go let us know what you thought of this episode, whether it be on Apple, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, directly on our website, or if you're leaving us an email. It doesn't matter. Wherever you are allowed to leave us a rating or review, please do so. These things really help out the algorithm. And if you're enjoying the show you want to see us grow, then you know what to do now. So do it. In case you missed it, we celebrated the film effect Christmas this year with two holiday-related episodes. The The Nightmare Before Christmas with Jocelyn and the 1986 festive Christmas classic Cobra with Justin. Two episodes that were a blast and ones you should definitely check out if you haven't done so already. I'll tell you what, there was a lot to say about each film. It was a really good time doing both and coming up in 2024 on the film effect we have anniversary episodes on true lies fight club beverly hills cop another one on elm street big hero six speed the original texas chainsaw massacre and a few others also we have episodes planned on movies like inception the mist predator die hard finally the ghostbusters series actually more information on that coming very soon Just another reason to be following us on social media. Casablanca, Demons, Demons 2, Vanilla Sky, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Jaws 2, Sorcerer, and so much more to be revealed as the year goes by. And that's the double truth, Roof. Before we sign off, I want to take this time to thank my co-hosts for all they do, and of course, all of our listeners for staying true. And until next week, I'm Ed.
3: I'm Jocelyn.
2: Uh, I'm Andrew.
4: I'm Justin.
3: And I'm Corey. And that is a wrap
0: on this return to fewer cast. And now a word from the legend himself, forever our favorite co-host, Sean. All right, gang. We're going to see you all again
4: next time when those theater lights go dim and the opening credits begin to roll.